Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. This is Dennis Prager's home. <laughs> Dennis Prager's dog. Dennis Prager's fireplace. It's the fireplace. No, it isn't. It's the fireside. The fireside chat uh, each week, completely non-scripted, completely spontaneous, which is a gamble because a lot of people see this. And obviously, if you don't read from a script, you could say something that can then be misinterpreted or you, you can even regret saying. But uh, I feel that the gamble is worth it for the spontaneity and realness uh, of it all. So here we are at the Fireside Chat. Welcome. I want to remind you that it's worth seeing previous Fireside Chats because most of them, the great majority, are not dated in any way. And even the dated ones, they talk about themes that transcend that date. So there are a lot of important things on the Fireside Chats and the questions that are posed as well. So I just invite you to look at the, the backlog. What number are we up to? 130 something? Yeah, 134. 134? You know, it's funny because the very beginning when we started this, I thought, oh, I'll give it a try, do a couple and see how it goes. And here we are at 134. So I want to show you the front page of the, of the Los Angeles Times. I printed it out. I don't, the, the actual front page I foolishly threw away <laughs> uh, because... I, I, I take the articles I want, I put them into a word on my computer so I can edit what I want to read on my radio show. Anyway, I threw it away. But here is a picture of it anyway. Of You see the, the front page and the, the big article in the middle is Extreme Poverty May Be Pandemic's Heaviest Toll. Something that I have warned about from the beginning Hundreds of millions of people, they are now saying up to half a billion people in the world are going into extreme poverty because of the lockdown, which I have called probably the greatest mistake. Not evil, the greatest mistake. Mistakes are not the same thing as evil. For those who don't uh, understand the difference, they're not the same thing. But this will, uh, is the, I think, will go down as the greatest worldwide mistake. And one of the big reasons is, I knew from the beginning, the staggering number of people who will be hungry. I mean, really hungry. I mean, not know if they can get another meal in this world solely because of the collapse of the world economy owing to the lockdown which was unnecessary, maybe for a week, perhaps. Anyway, you don't lock down. It's the first time we've ever quarantined fully healthy people. This disease has overwhelmingly affected not only the very old, but the very old with other existing conditions. I think, uh, I think more than half of the deaths, in the, at least in the Western world, have taken place in nursing homes which is a staggering tragedy because those people die alone. And, and even that angers me, that they wouldn't even be allowed the mercy of a, of a, of a loved one with them. Uh, I, I be, I'm very open about my own life. I, I'm not a fear, fearful person, as you know, and I've spoken about that. I don't want to die alone. That I do think about. I don't fear dying, but I, I do fear dying alone. I want to be with people I love and who love me. 
and uh, make the transition to whatever it is afterwards. But it's, it's so painful to me to think about these people not allowed a visitor because of contagion and so on. I understand it, but I don't agree with it. Anyway, that, that's a separate issue. I'm showing you this, uh, this headline. What is wrong with this headline? There is something factually staggeringly wrong. It is not unique to the Los Angeles Times. It is universal. It's universal, and it's, and it's wrong. Can you guys guess? Is it clear? Is it clear to those watching? Extreme poverty may be pandemic's heaviest toll. It's not the pandemic's heaviest toll. It's the lockdown's heaviest toll. All across the world, in all the media, they make the same false statement. Not because they're lying. There's plenty of lying in the world's media. This is not an example of a lie. This is an example of a mistake. An untruth not deliberately stated as such. But now that they're corrected, they still won't change it. Because they're all for the lockdown. Remember, the world's media are sheep. They think alike, write alike, talk alike, have the same outlook on life. Uh, and if not, you're, you're just not published in the mainstream media. There's no difference between CNN and the CBC and the BBC and, and, and Agence France Press and, and the whole. They're all the same. They're interchangeable. New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times, interchangeable. But, but this is a, a colossal error which they will not change. If you brought this to their attention, if, if, you, if you are the, the sister-in-law of an editor of the LA Times and you told them, you know, that's not accurate, the reason for the extreme poverty being the heavy toll is not the pandemic. It's the response to the pandemic. We've had pandemics. They never caused this. 500 million people, which is what the article describes, may go into abject poverty and hunger and some starvation. Death, not because of the pandemic, but because of the, of the lockdown unwisely done everywhere but Sweden. By the way, the Swedish death rate, if the United States had the same death rate as Sweden, because they'll say, oh, Sweden's death rate is really high. Well, if the United States, I, I, I looked this up, my math may be wrong, but I, I was pretty careful. If the United States had the same death rate as Sweden, which didn't lock down and kept its people living life and having an economy, uh, the, there would be about 100,000 uh, deaths in the United States. And we're already at 80,000. So e even if it would have been 120,000, see, people have to be mature and give numbers at what every one of you, even if you're pro-lockdown, would acknowledge that, let's say it killed 25,000 people. Would you be for, sh for shattering the economy? Would you be for putting hundreds of millions of people in the world into abject poverty? Of course not. 50,000? 
I'm talking about deaths in America. 75,000, 100,000, you need to give a round number. We don't, you don't have to give the exact number, but give a round number at which point what, what number means it's okay to starve hundreds of millions of people. It's okay to put tens of millions of Americans out of work. At, at what number? I said on my radio show, I, I try to be mature. I try to be an adult and actually face reality. And I said weeks ago or, or a month and a half ago, I said my number in my brain not to have a lockdown is 200,000. It's, it's there. It's recorded. All my shows are recorded. That was my, the, the number I had in my brain that, uh, that unless it reached beyond about that number, there was no justification for the shattering of the economy. Now, let me talk to you about the issue of the elderly. Well, isn't, isn't an old person's life infinitely precious? Yes, of course that's true. But the death of, a, of, a, of an old person is not the same tragedy as the death of a young person. It's, it's ineffable, ineffably, that means uh, in, not, ex, not expressible how sad it is. If you love your, your, your parent or grandparent and they die, whatever age they are, it is an incredibly sad thing. It is. Death is sad. There's no way around it. But it isn't a tragedy. If, if my dad died at 96, it wasn't a tragedy that he died. Of course I was sad that he died. My mom died at 89. It wasn't a tragedy. It was for my dad, as it happens. But that's a separate issue. They were married uh, 69 years, and he was, he was, she was his life in many ways. But that's beside the point. But it's not a tragedy if you die at 89 or 96. It's sad. And, and you all know that because the, the weeping at a funeral of a 20-year-old is much greater than the weeping at a funeral of a 96-year-old. Of and so it should be. Of course it is, because everybody at the funeral of a 20-year-old knows th this, is, this is a tragedy. This person was robbed of the opportunity to live a life. So, of course, we, we acknowledge the, the, the difference. It doesn't mean more precious, less precious. It does mean more tragic, less tragic. If you can't recognize that, it's, and I have to admit, dialogue is somewhat useless. And, and the, the, same, the same with the pain. Who was it to mention this? It was such a great point. Uh, if, if a parent at the birth of their child uh, could uh, spin a wheel and one, one of the things would be that the wheel might land on would be that this, this child of yours will die at 25, the other, this child will die at 85, and they, they would spin the wheel and it came to 25, they would, they would burst into tears. If it was 85... They, they would say, that's the way life is. <laughs> so so, so what, what, are we, what are we talking about? The, and the chances of your being, I, I think the chances in anywhere in the world that I know of, of your being killed by the virus at 25 
versus being killed in a car accident at 25, it's a greater chance you'll be killed in a car accident, but you'll go in a car. We have not thought seriously because people are not taught to think seriously. They're taught to feel. And and there's a non-mature attitude toward life to make difficult decisions. The governor of New York State said at the beginning, he said, this is virtually word for word what he said. If everything I have done, meaning lock down all of New York State, not just New York City and environs, if everything I have done saves one life, uh, I will go to bed happy. That's an absurdity. It's just an absurdity. Then we should lock down society for every, every year because of the flu, which kills tens of thousands every year. This has been a terrible decision. The, the, the governor of, uh, of Illinois, uh, uh, people, what does it do? For a, a whole year, people will not be able to go to church. Anyway, who, who's he to tell people what they can do? This whole thing is a very big problem. Forgetting church. Uh, I, the governor of California, will tell you when you can open up your business. What is it your business to tell me when I can open my business? Nobody's forcing people to go to work. That's what I've never understood. If I open a nail salon, I, I own a nail salon and I open it up, am I forcing anybody to come in who thinks it's dangerous? <laughs> what, what are we talking about? Uh, I, I've said this, I assume, on, on a fireside chat, but I know, I know I've said it and I've written it. The ease with which vast numbers of American have, uh, Americans have accepted uh, these uh, rules on their life is, uh, this is a new type of American that has been invented. This was uh, the end of the American national anthem is the land of the free and the home of the brave. That's the way Americans saw themselves, but free and brave is not the way I would characterize at least half of America today. They don't cherish freedom, and they're not particularly brave. Now, you, you cannot survive as a society if you do not cherish freedom. Uh, show me that uh, meme that you get. This is now, the people on the left are sending this around, which is another reason I, I have contempt for the left, moral contempt. Hell hath no fury like a white person mildly inconvenienced. The vast majority, nearly every person who will be starving in this world is not white. The, 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 ha- the hatred of America on the left and the hatred of white people is so great that they can't even see beyond the, those, those blinders. It, it, this is mildly inconvenienced. I'll bet the person who wrote that is not mild, is not uh, seriously inconvenienced, like the loss of an income. But the white lady in Dallas who, who opened up her hair salon, the judge said, you're selfish for opening it up. She said, no, that's not selfish. I opened it up to feed my children. There are white people who have to open up a hair salon, not because they're mildly inconvenienced, but because they have to feed their children. I suspect the person who sent that meme probably doesn't even have children. 
And if the person does, I suspect that uh, they're not wanting. Okay, now, so here's another thing for you, and then I go to your questions. So, uh, in the last year, uh, Newsweek wrote a piece on me, which was a lie. To their great uh, credit, they took it down. They rewrote the headline and changed the content. That was to Newsweek's credit, but it was a pure lie. The left-wing writer made up a lie about me, talking about Anne Frank. On, on a fireside chat, as it happened. Next one was Purdue University, a, a vice provost for diversity and inclusion. Not, not what I would call a necessary uh, position at any college. Nevertheless, uh, he was at a speech I gave at Purdue, and he wrote in a Purdue paper a few months later that Dennis Prager said that slavery was not bad. He made it up. I sent him the entire video of the talk, I said, first, I, I, the reason that I know I didn't say anything like that is because it's inconceivable I would say something like that. If I ever said slavery was not bad, my wife and I have a sort of joke. If I ever came out with, or she ever came out with something really nutty, we would immediately go for an MRI to see if, God forbid, we had a brain tumor. If I ever said slavery was not bad, I must be rushed to an MRI. There's something happening in, to my brain. It's about as evil a thing that ever existed in history. It was universal, but it was a universal evil. So, of course, I never said it. He made it up. And uh, a lot of you, a lot of people wrote to Purdue, wrote to him. And he finally uh, wrote me, uh, well, if I misunderstood you, I am sorry and so on. But, of course, it was irrelevant because he he made the charge public, but he made the apology private. So it's useless. Next, this past week. So the uh, Daily Mail in Britain and the uh, New York Daily News, uh, they all took a piece from Media Matters. Media Matters is a left-wing hate group that uh, who has, has one purpose, to lie about conservatives, to smear conservatives. And I am a leading conservative, so I am, I am on their list a lot, and they make up lies about me, and they're lies. The latest one is this. This is the headline in Daily Mail. Conservative talk radio host Dennis Prager bemoans the loss of racial slurs in society to describe black people. Can you imagine that? I wish people were using slurs against blacks, racist slurs. <laughs> Prager went on to list various words that are no longer being used. Twitter users were quick to roast Prager's preaching. Earlier this month, he called the coronavirus lockdown the greatest mistake in the history of humanity. The writer, James Gordon, is a left-winger for the Daily Mail. I mean, he's a far-left guy, so he doesn't care about truth by definition. Liberals care about truth, conservatives do, leftists do not. Never did, since Lenin to this uh, guy... James Gordon at the Daily Mail. And uh, uh, he even has pictures taken from uh, from Media Matters. That's what he consults. It, it, it's so mind-boggling. It, it would be as if a, uh, a, a conservative went to a fascist organization for, uh, for information. 
going to Media Matters is the equivalent on the left of a fascist organization. And that's what he goes to. And he's not, he's not, he's proud of it. He shows pictures from Media Matters. Same thing in the New York Daily News, the same headline. Conservative talk radio host Dennis Prager bemoans loss of racial word for word. They just copy from, from Media Matters. This is what the, this is what has happened to journalism. So let me tell you what I actually said on the radio. You could see it. It's on the internet. This is all I said. It was, I was, I do a lot of spontaneous thinking on the radio. So I don't know how it came up. The issue of what groups are called. So this is what I said. How many names have blacks gone through in my lifetime? Colored, Negro, African-American, black. That's four different titles for the same human being. What was wrong with Negro? What was wrong with colored? There's no problem with any of them. Do you know that the NAACP is still the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People? And then African-American. That changed too. Does it have a dash or a hyphen or not? I don't remember what was connoted by having a hyphen or not. That was all I said. This was declared racist, that I, I like slurs. Uh, do you, did you ever hear of the United Negro College Fund? It's a very big organization. If Negro were a slur, would they keep the name in it? The only term I've ever heard Martin Luther King, if you watch his speeches, use to describe blacks was Negro. There's nothing racist about the word Negro. That it sounds like the N-word is a separate issue completely. And uh, then the headlines, I want uh, blacks to be called by racist slurs. This is what the left does to conservatives all the time. And uh, if, uh, if, if you're annoyed, please read my column this week. I, and I, I will tell you, I give uh, suggestions on whom to contact because we, we have to fight back. Uh, otherwise, we lose uh, truth and we lose our society. And that's the story, Morning Glory. Let's go to your questions. All righty. Thank you, Megan, the great invisible Megan. Are you ever visible? Not, Not really. My arm is visible. Your arm, that is quite an arm you have. I hope you take it the right way. You have a, you have a wonderful arm. Okay. Uh, so now the first, uh, the first question. Here we go. Okay. Hi. My name is Justine. I'm 21 years old, a junior at Syracuse University and a Prager Force ambassador. Hi, Mr. Prager. What are your thoughts on state governments encouraging their own citizens to snitch on people and businesses allegedly not complying with the coronavirus rules? Well, you, <laughs> you asked a good one. It's, it's another example of uh, some bad things that, that I've seen in, in, in my fellow Americans. Uh, a person opens up a, a hair salon to feed her kids. It's done quite quietly. People go for, for their hair to be done, haircut, whatever it is, and somebody finds out about it and calls the police. The mayor of New York City told people to take pictures of people who simply congregated in the street and, and call in and take the video and, and send it into the, the authorities. 
So you'll say, well, of course, because it saves lives. It doesn't save lives. And anyway, if I want to risk my life by going for a haircut, uh, do you snitch on motorcycle drivers? They, 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 they are far more likely to die on the road than car drivers. Is this a new thing now? If, if somebody uh, smokes a cigar in a cigar lounge, secondhand smoke, do you call the police on them? Uh, th- this is a, a real sad thing. Afraid and panicked people do bad things. And the history of snitching to the authorities, I mean, it's one thing if you see a murder. If you see a real crime, uh, it's not a matter that's not snitching, that's, that's stopping evil. But if, but if you think opening up a hair salon at this time is evil, you're sick. I don't know what to say. I'm sorry. I don't want to insult you, but I have insulted you because sick is not a compliment. I fully take ownership of the fact that I've insulted you. If you think it's evil to, to give haircuts now when, when you're not involved, oh, but you'll say, yes, but the person going for the, this is the thinking, the person who went for the haircut may get the virus from the person who gave the haircut. And then they go home and then they give it to the people that they are with, right? That's the thinking, correct? Okay, so please understand the chances of, of somebody dying as a result of a haircut contagion are, 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 are almost zero. It's as close to zero as we can get without being zero. All right? Uh, you might as well take no risks at all in life then. That, it's, that, it's that low. You, you should certainly not go into a car. The chance of your dying as a result of getting a haircut at this time, when in any event, in the vast majority of cases, the, the, the person who's ta- giving you your haircut or doing your shampoo or your coloring uh, is, uh, is masked, right? Preventing, uh, not that I would care. I, I, I don't, I, don't I, I look at the data and the data are so overwhelming that unless you have another condition, uh, and which is why people in nursing homes died. You know, the entire, what was it, the Theodore Roosevelt, an entire ship of over a thousand sailors. Uh, uh, they, there were hundreds and hundreds who got infected and one person out of the thousand died. One. Because they were young. Most of the sailors were in their 20s. Yes, the snitching thing is a very bad uh, development. That's correct. Okay, more questions. Mark 18, Kingston, Jamaica. What do you think about the unabashed censorship by big tech companies of content that goes against the official reports on the coronavirus? <sighs> there were two uh, physicians, emergency room physicians, people on the, in the, you know, the front of the battle here. They made a video, these two doctors, and they said that uh, the lockdown is not medically uh, called for, that this, the, the damage done to hospitals in America, who they, they have to have an income to survive. And there's no income because people are not going in for, for anything except the virus. Most of the hospitals in the United States today are, are, are emptier than they've ever been. 
people don't go for uh, for elective surgery. Uh, I had a I had a hip replacement a couple of years ago. People, and let me tell you, when you need a hip replacement, that means your hips in 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 pain. And uh, I feel for these people waiting months and months beyond their scheduled appointment. But I feel for their their surgeon who's getting no income because he or she is not performing the surgery. The, the damage done to medicine because of the lockdown, not just to everywhere else. So that's what these doctors did, and YouTube took them down. Millions of views, and YouTube took them down. If you don't agree with the left on anything, you are now much more likely to be taken down because the left has never believed in free speech, not from Lenin to YouTube. That is the way it works. It is never, there's no exception. Liberals believe in liberty. Conservatives believe in liberty. Leftists never have. That people do not understand the threat of the left to everything precious is one of the saddest things in my life. I don't, I don't care if everybody agrees with me. I have no interest in that. I, uh, I, I think it's critical to have liberals and conservatives both offer their ideas of what's best for society. But the left is an utterly destructive force. Whatever it touches, it ruins. And, and this is just another example. Doctors are now not allowed to offer a, a, a contrarian view to the lockdown because YouTube uh, doesn't, doesn't agree with them. Doctors can't even put out a, a video like this. Bad, bad stuff. George, Sherman Oaks, California. Hello, Mr. Prager. My name is George, and I am a Prager Force member. Thank you. Oh, and thank you, Justine in Syracuse. We need you. Prager Force members. During the quarantine, I have had some political debates with my friends, one of whom is from China and only believes in Chinese propaganda outlets. My question to you is this. How do you reason with someone if they have never been exposed to the other side of the argument or truth in general? That's the same as the problem with a leftist, leftist student in the U.S. You don't have to be Chinese for that problem. <laughs> There's no difference. It's, this is a, a very real problem. We read them. We study under them. We listen to them. We watch them. They don't study under us. They don't listen to us. They don't watch us. There's no difference between a left-wing American student and a Chinese student in terms of openness to truth. No difference whatsoever. Maybe in the case of the Chinese student, you might want to say, why don't you read some, uh, some of the uh, reports out of Taiwan? They're Chinese. Take a look. Okay, everybody. Uh, please uh, tell everybody about PragerU videos. It's a great time to watch and, and watch again. Every time you watch it, you'll learn more. It's, it's very important. Really, I think civilization is at stake. That's how important I think these things are. Anyway, I'm delighted to be with you. And I will see you next week. Be well. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching. If you'd like to keep these fireside chats free, please do by donating to PragerU.